Hi guys, Paul from the innovation community here. Today I'm with Louise De Beer, who's the head of business intelligence at the Harambee Youth Employment Accelerator. And what Louise is really interested in is, is using data science and analytics to solve social problems. So uh, great to have you with us. Thanks, Paul. Lovely being here. Uh, tell us a bit about yourself in a few words, your role, what you're up to, um, your background, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I'm on the wrong side of 35, <laughs> I came to realize recently. Um, I have two kids. Um, I'm an exceptional strong extrovert that somehow find, found myself in this industry surrounded by introverts. <laughs> um, and three really important things about myself is that I'm very stubborn. Um, being stubborn, one of my biggest motivators is when people tell me that something's not possible or that it can't be done. Um, so I love pe proving people wrong in that regard. Um, secondly, I love a good puzzle. And thirdly, um, if you need somebody in your corner to fight for the underdog, I'm your girl. So data science is really such an amazing industry for me to be in because it speaks to my values and to my personality in a really big way. And it sounds like it. With that in mind, where did your data career really start? Yeah, so I studied um, applied mathematics years ago. Um, and back then, we actually called it nonlinear systems, not artificial intelligence. Um, we just didn't have the computing power. So it was all theoretical. Um, I computed neural networks by hand and in Java, which was fascinating and difficult. Um, so I never actually thought that I would, in my lifetime, see artificial intelligence in production and being widely adopted like it is today. So um, I, then after studying, I went into software engineering for a very long time um, and always with um, analytics at the forefront of what I've done and it, um, using that um, to solve the problems. Um, and then about five years ago, I got the opportunity to join a bank in South Africa as, the, as their first data scientist. And really, that was the, the start of my data-focused career. Brilliant. So how has that changed from, from the, then, the then and the now? Yeah. So I think um, <clears throat> analytics is a field that grew exponentially, in my opinion, in the last five years. I mean, <clears throat> it's, um, it's staggering and so exciting to see even small and medium enterprises are now adopting more advanced analytics techniques as well. Um, and that's really given, you know, a really deep need for strong leadership in the field. Um, so I've kind of moved away from doing more technical work and really moving into leadership. So what are you up to in the current role? Yeah, so at Harambi, um, Harambi is an NGO in South Africa that focuses on youth employment, which is a really, really big problem in not only in South Africa, but I think in Africa as a continent as well. Um, so I head up the business intelligence team. Um, and my biggest responsibility at the moment is to take the team and really upskill them and take them on the journey where we are starting to use more advanced analytics as well. So a lot of knowledge sharing and big, big focus on data literacy and education and learning. Um, and then also on the, on the other side, um, I am still doing data science myself. So we are building um, lots of different models. Um, we have this ecosystem of models by now that's trying to solve things like um, a matching engine to find the most appropriate and most suitable opportunity for a young person. Fantastic. So 
At the over, you know, uh, at the crux of it, what really interests you about working with data? So I'm a bit naive in my belief that data analytics can really solve the world's biggest problems if we apply ourselves. Um, I think we live in a world where um, celebrities are being paid more than our teachers, <laughs> which is very, very sad. Um, and I believe the data can combat that and kind of level the playing field, so to speak. So in your opinion, then, you're obviously working with Harambi now. How can data science and analytics be used to solve social problems? Yeah, interesting question. Um, the way we do it, Harambi has been around for years, for I think almost eight years now. Um, so we've collected tons and tons of data to really help understand, help us understand who the young person in our country is. Um, and then hook them up and bridge them, make them more employable, get them to be more active in the economy. Um, and we've recently, about a year ago, embarked on a process where we want to do this at scale in a really big way. So we can't afford to have manual processes in place anymore. So a lot of automation. Um, and because data science is so rich in what we can learn from it and what, you know, the insights it can give from a set of data, um, it really leans itself so well to, so, to solve the social economic problems. Absolutely. So what are some of the other major successes that you've achieved over your career? Yeah, um, so what comes to mind first um, was I was included in the global top 100 data visionaries list earlier this year, which came as a big surprise. Um, that's definitely the like, highlight of my career so far. Um, and then second to that is I've always tried to solve unconventional problems with data science. Um, you know, things that's been done before doesn't really interest me. Um, so examples would be I worked at a bank and instead of solving things like client churn or credit risk score with data science, I decided to tackle compliance problems. <laughs> um, or um, in my previous role, I worked for a real estate company, so I applied data science to sell more houses. Um, and now I'm doing that with unemployment. So tell us about a time that you affected change in a major organization. Some of the challenges that came with that. Yes, I love this question um, because it's such a ridiculous story, but I think it's so true and it really explains the difficulties um, everybody's facing with data science at the moment. Um, working at the bank, um, as I mentioned, I <clears throat> decided to tackle compliance as my first project. <laughs> um, so just to a bit of context, I was the first data scientist hired by this bank. Um, so they really weren't, weren't that comfortable with <clears throat> any advanced analytics tech weeks at that stage. Um, thinking back, I probably should have chosen something easier like fraud to tackle instead of compliance. Um, but I worked, um, I looked at the data, it became quite obvious that machine learning could solve a um, compliance problem at scale. So I built a model in about a week or two's time. That was all the technical time I actually spent on it. And then what came as a big surprise was it took me 18 months to manage the change um, that this model kind of affected in the organization. So a model that took two weeks to build, took 18 months to socialize and get feedback and to get buy-in. Um, I left the organization over two years now, and I heard last week that they finally implemented that model into production. <laughs> so that is, I think, and that's a problem most data scientists um, 
face is um, taking people on the journey with us um, and getting their buy-in from the get-go is extremely important, but also exceptionally difficult. Absolutely. And, and in your experience, what, what effect does technology have on, on moving a, something like that forward? Yeah, so um, I think it really helps that these type of models and data science specifically um, is so easy to scale out. So um, it really solves the, scal the scalability problem just because inherently it needs a lot of data to solve problems. Um, so I think if you can, um, I think the onus is on the data scientists to really make sure we communicate very clearly and transparently to kind of demystify these black box models that we do build. Um, and then if you can get over that hurdle, um, the sky's the really the limit. And a big part of obviously any data transformation projects is about engagement and buy-in. So how would you describe your leadership style? So I try and be um, more of a coach and a servant to my team than a traditional kind of um, authoritative leadership figure. Um, I, because data science is still fairly new and not a lot of people understand how it works or why it works, um, I really, really put a lot of emphasis on taking people on the journey with us. So I spend a lot of time explaining and communicating um, and try to really educate people as if, um, like the non-nerds in the organization as well on AI and data science. Um, and I try and create spaces where people can get excited with me because I'm so passionate about what I do. And I believe that if I can um, showcase other people's work and how interesting problems that are solved by using these techniques, that then um, hopefully people will get, jump, on, jump on this data science train and solve more interesting problems in a better way. Mm. So what about engaging up the chain, you know, when maybe someone isn't as engaged with data and as passionate as you and the team are? Yeah, it is um, very, very important to have your senior leaderships buy in from an early stage. Um, if they don't, if they can't trust what you do, then they're not going to adopt what you deliver. Um, so in my communication upwards in my like reporting line, so to speak, um, I try and make data and what we do as accessible as possible. Um, obviously, without trying to be patronizing or condescending in the way that we explain things. Um, but I think initially when I started out five years ago, I made such a big mistake. I went into a board meeting for three hours. I, um, I went in well prepared and I explained a neural network to the compliance board at the bank. Um, by explain, explaining the maths and the stats in the model, I thought it went really well and I was really chuffed that now I took everybody on the journey and they all understand neural networks. And then leaving the meeting, my boss turned around to me and said, Yo, we need to do a lot of work on your presentation skills. Um, so I realized that people don't need to understand the mathematics behind it. And I need to innovate new ways to build their trust instead. Well, it's a good lesson learned as well. But uh, <laughs> where do you see the biggest opportunity for improvement within the, the social sector in terms of using data and analytics right now? Yeah, I think what they, um, people are becoming more comfortable with it slowly. And in that, um, what I'm exploring at the moment is um, combining design thinking with data science. So to bring data science to the table when we are talking about how we are designing our systems, instead of trying to slap it on afterwards. 
um, especially at Harambe at the moment, we do have a lot of um, data already to inform these type of decisions. So instead of tackling only the big projects that takes months to complete, um, I also use data science in small ways to um, draw up a couple of graphs for the designers when they are thinking about the new flow on our Mobi site, for instance. Brilliant stuff. So uh, what do you think was the biggest mistake you made during your career? Um, it is, I, um, and it is difficult. I still struggle with it, but now I have more focus around it. It is spotting magical thinking. <laughs> um, I think now that um, AI is all around us, people are more comfortable with the words, but they still don't really understand how it works. And often they have these magical expectations from what we can and cannot deliver. Um, so and I've made lots of mistakes along the way around that is not being assertive enough when it comes to ironing out and aligning expectations. Um, and also realizing that not everybody or every problem needs the Ferrari of solutions. Sometimes um, something that's simpler um, is better. <laughs> For sure. I mean, a big aspect of, of this as well, and probably hit the data world less so than other industries and sectors is uh, COVID-19. So how has that affected your role and, and the organization too? Yeah, I think some good came out of COVID, um, especially for the analytics field in general. Um, since we can't see our employees anymore, we don't know what they are necessarily busy with. So they, it, that, that has almost created this like feedback void in a sense. And using analytics can try and fill that void with um, something like KPI measurements or a balanced scorecard. So analytics is becoming really, really important during this time where we all work remotely and things feel almost abstract and disjointed in a way. Mm. Uh, what's your top working from home tip? <laughs> um, create a space where you can close the door and walk away from your home office. Do you have a routine during lockdown? <laughs> what routine? I've never had, I've always struggled with routines. So I try my bestest. Um, and I think um, working from home has made it a little bit easier because I can be more flexible. Mm. <laughs> What's the best piece of advice you ever received? Um, this is a strange quote, but the quote is, what's obvious to you is obvious to you. <laughs> Makes sense. What are you curious <laughs> about right now? Quantum computing. I think um, I touched on it during my degree, but that was years ago and quantum was still really a theoretical idea more than something that's practically implementable. Um, and I think that quantum might be the thing that disrupts data science as we understand and know today. Who is your current favorite thought leader or author or influencer? Renee Brown without a doubt. Um, she talks about vulnerability being the birthplace of innovation. So, you know, if I see myself as a data innovator, I have to be comfortable and understand not only my own, our own vulnerability, but also the vulnerability of an organization. And lastly, what advice would you give for aspiring leaders in data? Um, to be transparent. Um, often I find that data scientists, I mean, what we do is complicated, but we, tr but we tend to talk about it in an even more convoluted way that does, it, it, it's a disservice we do to our field if we're not transparent enough about how things work and what we are doing. 
and then also um, being very deliberate in what we do, um, especially during COVID. There's no more time for us to struggle through misalignments and um, ambigu ambiguities in what we do. So we have to make sure that we are very, very deliberate in tackling the problems and finding solutions for those problems. Um, and another thing that's important for me when it comes to AI especially is the ethics around it. Um, make sure that we are aware of certain biases that might be prominent in our data. Because we don't address it, we're just going to perpetuate those biases. Um, we are in a, such a fortunate role as data scientists where we can actually use those biases to combat previous um, um, discrimination. Um, and then I think the, what trips me up in our industry often is because it's complicated and because we don't talk about it in a like um, in an easy to understand way, um, people aren't adopting it quick enough and it's creating so much unnecessary hurdles for us. Um, so I really try and bring the power of data to the people, <laughs> so to speak. Fantastic. That was Louise DeBeer, Head of Business Intelligence at the Harambi Youth Employment Accelerator. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Paul.